Chapter Seventeen of the Convict by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. It is necessary now to leave Dudley in the hands of the constables and to take up the history of another personage in the tale. Sir Arthur Adelon spurred on for four miles without drawing a rein and almost without giving a thought to any point in his situation except the effort necessary to escape personal danger for the first two miles he fancied that he heard the sounds of pursuit behind him but gradually as no one appeared and his keenest attention did not confirm the impression which fear had produced he became convinced that he had escaped immediate capture and while he still urged his horse furiously forward he meditated over the perilous future his course was directed along a narrow horse-path across the downs with every turning of which he was well acquainted but which added nearly two miles to the distance he had to go he paid little attention to any external objects but one thing could not escape his eye as he rode over the high grounds towering above the sea it was a dim light at the distance of about a mile from the shore and he knew right well that it was burning on board a small french brig which had brought over the two field pieces the night before the sight suggested to his mind the idea of flight from england but there were many difficult and dangerous points to be considered before such a step could be taken and after a while he somewhat checked his horse's speed and though still proceeding at a quick trot revolved in an intense but confused and rambling manner the circumstances which surrounded him his inclination was certainly to fly but then he remembered that to do so would fix upon him participation in the crimes of that night that he might not be able to return to his country for long years and that the rest of his life might be spent in the pains of exile he recollected too that he had held back at that period of the attack upon the town of barhampton when the magistrates had appeared upon the wall and summoned the multitude to disperse and retire quietly to their homes and he fancied that disguised as his person had been in a large wrapping cloak with a handkerchief tied over the lower part of his face and a hat unlike that which he usually wore he might have escaped without observation on the part of most of the rioters but then again dudley had seen him spoken to him recognized him he was the only one except norris that was fully aware of his presence on the spot and sir arthur believed that he had seen the latter fall dead under the fire of the troops could dudley be silenced all might go well but still the baronet hesitated and balanced and remained undecided till the gates of brandon park appeared before him it was necessary to come to some immediate decision and yet he could not make up his mind to decide and at length he determined as most men in a state of doubt are inclined to do to cast the burden upon another i will speak with filmer he thought and upon his advice i will act the gates were immediately opened on his ringing the bell for the tenants of the lodge knowing that he was absent had waited up for his return and riding hard up the avenue sir arthur entered his niece's house a little after eleven o'clock a momentary hesitation crossed him when he was passing the threshold as to whether he should consult with father peter or not but that doubt was immediately put an end to by the first words of the butler who stood behind the servant that opened the door oh sir arthur he said with a very grave face some terrible things have happened 
"'I know, I know,' cried Sir Arthur, interrupting him hastily, and somewhat surprised to find that the tidings had travelled so quick. "'Where is Mr. Filmer? I must see him directly. Call him to me immediately.' "'He is in the library, sir,' replied the man, and passing on with a quick step, Sir Arthur Adelon entered the room where the priest was seated alone. Father Filmer was sitting at a large library-table, with his head resting on his hand, and as he raised his eyes to the baronet's countenance, with the light of the large lamp streaming upon his broad forehead, there was an expression of intense, stern thought upon his face, which made Sir Arthur feel he was in the presence of his master more than of his friend, perhaps. He closed the door, and saw that it was firmly shut, and as he was advancing towards the table, Mr. Filmer inquired, "'What is the matter, Sir Arthur? You are pale, haggard, and apparently much agitated.' "'Have you not heard, my good father?' asked the baronet. "'I had understood that the rumour had reached Brandon.' "'I have heard much,' replied the priest. "'But what I wish to hear is, what is it that has so much affected you?' "'My son,' he continued rising, and gazing gravely upon Sir Arthur's face, "'if you would have comfort, consolation, and advice from one who is your old and long-tried friend, as well as your spiritual guide, you must have confidence in him.' now in that confidence you have been wanting lately you have told me half and i have known the whole you have avoided rather than sought my counsel and i have not forced it upon you although i knew you to be engaged in enterprises dangerous to yourself and others and knew also the inducements which forced you forwards and from which i could have relieved you if you would but have been guided by me the one thing of which i was unaware was that the rash attempt was to be made to-night i see by your face by your dress by your manner that it has been so and now i ask you the result not from any idle curiosity but for the purpose of delivering you from the difficulties which your own want of confidence has brought upon you speak and every word that you say shall be held as sacred as if uttered under the seal of confession the result my best friend replied sir arthur is more disastrous than can be conceived and he went on to give his own version of all that had occurred dwelling particularly upon dudley's appearance amongst the rioters and the words which he had used filmer suffered him to proceed to an end without a single question he did not even embarrass him by a look but having resumed his seat kept his eyes fixed thoughtfully upon the table and his head slightly bent in listening attention and now what am i to do asked sir arthur i will be guided entirely by your advice there is the french brig which has been hired by some of these men through the societe democratique now lying off the coast a boat will carry me on board in half an hour and i shall be safe in france as fugitives accused of mere political offences cannot be claimed would you ruin yourself for ever asked father filmer would you put a brand upon your name which can never be effaced think not of it merely answer me one or two questions are you sure that norris is dead i saw him fall with my own eyes answered the baronet and i think that one of the cannon passed over him for the horses took fright at the firing norris would not betray you i think said mr filmer thoughtfully and then repeated he would not betray you even if he were living i do believe but he has betrayed me to this young dudley already answered sir arthur adelon sharply 
His words clearly showed that he is informed of all that passed six years ago. He, the son of my greatest enemy, has me now entirely in his power. It is that which makes it so necessary to fly. He saw me, spoke to me, can swear to my presence there. But he, you think, is the only one? said the priest in a tone of inquiry. Assuredly, replied Sir Arthur. I have been at only two of their meetings, and at the last I strongly dissuaded them from the attempt, and said that I would take no part in it, which was the cause of Norris's threatening visit here. All my other communications have been carried on with him. Then you are safe, said the priest. If any one has by chance recognized your person, it may easily be said that you were there to dissuade the people from their rash attempt, and you can call witnesses to prove that you had done so before. "'Dudley! Dudley!' said the baronet, almost impatiently. "'He can prove all!' "'I will provide for him,' replied the priest, with a marked emphasis and a bitter smile. "'He shall be taken care of.' "'But how! How!' cried Sir Arthur. "'Come with me, and I will show you,' answered Mr. Filmer, and lighting a taper at the lamp, he led the way into the hall. Sir Arthur followed, in wonder and doubt, and the priest opened the door of the dining-room and went in. As soon as Sir Arthur entered, his eyes fell upon the dining-room table, which was covered with a white cloth, concealing from the eye some large object, like the figure of a man. Mr. Filmer set down the light he carried on the sideboard, where two other wax candles were burning, and then, with a slow, firm step and grave countenance, approached the end of the table and threw back the cloth. Sir Arthur had followed him step by step, but what was his horror and surprise to see, when the covering was removed, the cold, inanimate features of Lord Hadley, with his forehead and head covered with blood, and his clothes likewise stained with gore and dust. "'Good heaven!' he exclaimed. "'How has this happened, and how does this bear upon my own fate?' "'How it has happened,' answered Mr. Filmer, remains to be proved and shall be proved and how it bears upon your fate i will leave you to divine at least for the present that unhappy young man had a sharp and angry discussion this morning with mr dudley the subject was helen clive whom he who lies there was pursuing with the basest intentions and insulting with familiarities as well as importunities alike repugnant to one of so high a mind the dispute proceeded to very fierce and angry menaces on both parts. Dudley forgot his usual moderation, and the sharp terms he used were overheard by myself and two others. At dinner they were cold and repulsive towards each other, and after dinner, towards eight o'clock, Mr. Dudley left the house, upon what errand I do not know. That unhappy young man followed him, inquiring which way the other took, and I find that they were seen passing the lodge and going up towards the downs. At that time they were in eager conversation. Their gestures were warm, and their tones indicative of much excitement, though the words they uttered were not heard. Somewhat more than two hours ago, the boatmen, fishermen or smugglers, as the case may be, brought home that lifeless mass of clay, with the vital spark even then quite extinct. The account they gave was this, that one of their number, while watching a French brig lying about a mile from the shore, heard high words from the cliff above his head. He thought he heard a cry, too, as if for help, and looking up, 
he saw two men at the very edge of the precipice though in the darkness he could but distinguish the bare outline of their forms against the sky there seemed to him to be blows struck and a scuffle between them and the moment after one disappeared for the dark face of the rock prevented his fall from being seen but a loud cry almost a shriek he said and then the sound of a heavy fall and a deadly groan called him to the spot where he found this youth lying weltering in his blood the priest paused for a moment or two while sir arthur adelon approached nearer and bent down his head over the dead body and then mr filmer with a significant look continued mr dudley will have occupation enough there is no other wound added the priest observing that sir arthur was still looking close at the corpse but that occasioned by the fall the skull is fractured the right thigh broken the brain severely injured death must have been very speedy though he was still living when the fisherman found him but never uttered a word now my son the consequences of this act are important to you but was it dudley who killed him asked the baronet with an eager look i cannot think it and my good kind friend i cannot wish to bring his blood upon my head were it even to spare my own the events of this night he continued taking the priest's hands in his and pressing them tight have given me strange feelings filmer i have seen men die if not in consequence of my act at least in consequence of acts in which i participated and i cannot i will not even to save my own life bring a farther weight upon my conscience for whatever you do in this case answered filmer the church has power to absolve you and for much more than i intend you should do this dudley is an obstinate heretic who has had the means of light and has refused it and although it is necessary now from the circumstances of the times to refrain from exercising that just rigour which in better and more spiritual days was displayed to every impenitent person in his situation yet of course we cannot look upon him with the same feelings or find ourselves bound to him by the same ties which would exist between us and a catholic christian body and soul he is given over to reprobation and we have no need to go out of our way to shelter him in any degree from the laws of his own heretic land a land which for centuries has given the true faith up to persecution and injustice of every kind let him take his chance i ask you to do nothing more the evidence is very strong against him no other person was seen near this unfortunate young man but a very short time could have elapsed after they were remarked together apparently in high dispute before this fatal occurrence took place other evidence may appear and he may be proved guilty or innocent but at all events he must be tried and the time of that trial may be yet remote the first cases that will be taken will certainly be those connected with these riots and the only direct witness against you will be then in jail but how am i to act in this business demanded sir arthur adelon as a magistrate as the person in whose house both the dead man and the living were staying i shall continually be called upon to share in the different proceedings and my part will be a terribly difficult one to play my friend not in the least answered filmer you must refuse to act as a magistrate even should you be called upon alleging your acquaintance with both parties and your natural partiality for mr dudley 
on account of an old friendship between his father and yourself, as sufficient excuses. Whatever evidence you give may be highly favourable to the accused person. The testimony against him will be strong enough, rest assured of that. "'Then do you really think him guilty?' demanded the baronet, gazing at the priest, with those doubts which a long acquaintance with his character had impressed even upon the mind of a man not very acute. "'Nay, I do not prejudge the question,' replied Filmer. "'As yet, we have not sufficient grounds to go upon. All I say is, the case of suspicion is very strong, and what I would advise you to do, under any circumstances, would be to send immediately for your nearest neighbour, Mr. Conway, turn over the case to him, and let him judge whether it be not necessary instantly to issue a warrant for the apprehension of Mr. Dudley, when he returns. It were better that not a moment were lost, for although you have probably ridden fast, it cannot be long ere the person we suspect is here. Perhaps he may not return at all, said Sir Arthur. It is more than probable that, on foot and unarmed, he has been apprehended as one of the rioters. But we can send, at all events. And ringing the bell sharply, he gave the necessary orders. But now, continued the baronet, reverting to the topic of greatest interest in his own mind, as soon as the servant had left the room, how am i to act in regard to this attack upon barhampton we must see replied the priest should norris be dead or have made his escape you must assume a degree of boldness acknowledge that your views are the same in regard to general principles as those of the unfortunate men implicated but declare openly that you have always opposed any recourse to physical force in the assertion of any political opinions whatever and bring forward witnesses to prove that you attempted to dissuade them from all violence refusing to take any part therein that will be easily done and should any one come forward to state that you were present at the attack you can show that you went thither on hearing that it was about to take place in order to constrain them to refrain from executing their intentions by every means in your power but how can i show that demanded sir arthur we will find a way replied filmer but that can be discussed to-morrow i must now go out to console some of my little flock who are suffering from affliction in the meantime you must manage this examination the witnesses are the old man at the lodge your butler the head footman brown and the fishermen who are now waiting in the servants hall as he spoke he moved towards the door sir arthur would fain have detained him a moment to ask further questions but Filmer laid his hand upon his arm, saying, "'Be firm, be firm,' and left him. End of chapter 17